Virtual Assistant Podcast, episode number 25. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Virtual Assistant Podcast. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft, and this is the podcast devoted to answering all of your questions on how to be more effective, more efficient, and more profitable in your business through the use of delegating tasks to a virtual assistant. And my friends, I am delighted today to bring another interview by the way of Skype. Thank you to the powers that be that make Skype possible for us here in the podcasting world. Today, I have on the line with me Chris Ducker from virtualbusinesslifestyle.com, somebody with 10 years of experience in the world of virtual assistants, which happens to be, um, well, let's just say nine years and three months more experience in this industry than I have. And I am delighted to have you on the line with us, Chris. Thank you. Thank you very much, Cliff. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm excited to uh, sit down and have a chat with you about everything. Well, I'll tell you, uh, we were connected to one another through a a podcast that we both listened to, put out by Pat Flynn over at smartpassiveincome.com. And you approached me and told me a, a little bit about some of the things that you're doing. Why don't you tell people who you are, how you got started in the virtual assistant industry, and uh, we'll start from there. Sure, no problem. Uh, well, I've uh, been in business about 20 years. I'm originally from uh, London, England, as you might be able to tell by my uh, docile tones here. And um, basically, I came to the Philippines about 10 years ago, uh, worked uh, as a consultant for a couple of outsourcing companies for a while, and uh, about five and a half years ago, uh, I started my own outsourcing company. I should clear up, we don't just work with virtual assistants, but we also work with you know everything from inbound customer support and telemarketing and lead generation and things like that as well. However, the virtual assistant side of the business has been growing very, very quickly over the last couple of years. And honestly speaking, it's probably the one that I'm the most passionate about now myself as a business owner as an, and, and as an entrepreneur. Excellent. And so let me ask you some questions here that that are on the minds of the people who have been listening to this podcast. I've been getting a lot of feedback. And by the way, thank you to everybody who has been leaving comments on the website over at virtualassistantpodcast.com. Thank you for sending the emails over to uh, feedback at virtualassistantpodcast.com. And very much thanks to all of you who are leaving voicemails uh, that I'll be included in future episodes of this podcast uh, where we cover those questions that you have regarding this industry. You know, in the past, we've talked a lot about, um, you know, what is a virtual assistant? And, and we've kind of gotten that out of the way. But when somebody asks you, Chris, what is a virtual assistant? How do you describe it? Um, well, I, I, I try and do it in as simple terms as possible because it's quite amazing, even in today's sort of online world and, you know, where everybody seems to be a little bit more business savvy as they used to as they sort of grow up the ranks of entrepreneurism. But the, the bottom line is that for me, a virtual assistant is just the same as a personal assistant, except for the fact that they can't make you cups of coffee all day long. Uh, they, they can pretty much do everything else. And maybe, maybe they won't be able to get around to picking up your dry cleaning. But other than that, they're, they're pretty, they can do pretty much the same as any 
good quality PA can do for you. But the VAs nowadays tend to be focused more around the online world and helping online entrepreneurs uh, particularly. But, you know, let's not rule out the brick-and-mortar business owners as well because uh, they can also benefit from the VA uh, very much too. You know, that's a that's an excellent point that you pull out there is, is so far, I think in my own mind, when I've thought about a virtual assistant, that the people who can most benefit from this are online businesses. Because, of course, you know, the, there are very few geographical boundaries to our business when we have it online. Uh, let, let's talk about that for a second. I know that we didn't prepare this ahead of time, but... Uh, Let's just say you have a family-run insurance agency, you know, in a small town USA. How how do you think a company like that, that's typically used to hiring in, you know, employees to to come sit in a desk at their place of business, or in the event that maybe you know somebody's just left and the position is open and they don't have time to f- sit down and hire somebody permanently? So those I, I happen to know from experience because that was my life before. Uh, my online business world. Um, th- I know that they they'll go through and spend all this money on buying or hiring a temporary service help to come in. How do you how do you see a virtual assistant playing into being able to help a brick and mortar business? Well, I mean, I I always say that when it comes to outsourcing, you know, there's really three major points, and as a business owner. You know, particularly small businesses, you know, they are usually family orientated. And the fact of the matter is that when it comes to looking at outsourcing, particularly for the first time, you should just be asking yourself the questions, which are very simple questions. And they are questions like, what do I not like to do? Or what am I not very good at doing? Uh, And these two questions alone. If you can look at those two things and make a list of the things that you don't like doing and things that you don't do very well yourself. That right there is your list to give to a virtual assistant. Now, I appreciate some of those things will not be uh, possible to accomplish unless physical presence is actually there, uh, you know, like stapling files together and putting them in a filing cabinet. But, you know, that's maybe where you should be looking to, uh, you know, to, to utilize uh, the other family members around you that are maybe a little uh, younger and might want to get paid a lot less. Um, but <laughs> the, the, bottom line is that, the bottom line is that, you know, generally speaking, uh, you know, with the brick and mortar businesses that we work uh, on, you know, the, uh, the virtual assistant side of things, you know, it's everything from, and particularly nowadays where even from a local standpoint, social media, online search results, you know, being found online, even from a local standpoint, um, is very, very important nowadays. And I think that, you know, just utilizing a virtual assistant, just to be able to do things like manage your Twitter or your Facebook pages or accounts, um, maybe potentially update, you know, a, a, a local blog that you might have or liaise with local businesses. You know, there's a lot of different things that a a VA can do for for a smaller business. But across the board, it really just comes down to alleviating the workload um, and allowing them to be able to work on things that you wouldn't normally uh, even think about outsourcing. That that is excellent. Um, I know that for the family insurance agency that I'm talking about, um, they have no, I mean, they have an online presence. They have a website. Uh, but they don't have a blog. They don't utilize Twitter or Facebook. They're they're terrified of getting into this because they're afraid that all of a sudden, you know, people are going to start using these channels and they're not going to be able to monitor monitor it or even moder- moderate the conversation 
that's going on out in the online space, uh, they you know they're right. they're they're oftentimes having a difficult time just answering the phone. Which so you brought up the fact that you know a, a virtual assistant. Can, can you know with the fact and the trend that they are so much more social media savvy these days that that immediately brings a benefit and a new way of communicating from a brick and mortar business to the outside world even in the local geographical area because you know it doesn't matter if you you have an insurance agency in you know Hebron Kentucky the fact is, is that your clients, your thousands of clients in the northern Kentucky, Cincinnati, Ohio area, those people are on Facebook and Twitter all day long. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. You're, you're bang on the money. And we all know that when we're looking for businesses you know, or, or service providers such as insurance agencies or whatever, nowadays we don't go to the yellow pages anymore. We, we click on the Google. And as you all know, it's a lot easier to find something uh, you know, from a local searching standpoint than it is, you know, from a from a national or international standpoint. So, you know, you can also utilize virtual assistants to maybe to manage your pay per click advertising. If you do have a website, you mentioned that this particular business that you're using as an example does. Um, you know, and, and you can also utilize VAs to do, you know, very, very simple things like, you know, that Facebook page should not be underestimated in any way whatsoever. Uh, this year alone, through our Facebook page as a company, I've probably made twenty, maybe $25,000 this year alone. And to be very honest with you, it is definitely money I would not have made if it hadn't have been for that, for that Facebook page. So it's not a huge amount of money by any stretch of the imagination, but it wouldn't be in my bank account if I hadn't have done what I did with that Facebook page. So can I ask you, can you give me an example of, of one of those things, just, just for those who are curious, like myself? Sure. Well, I mean, we, we did something about uh, three to four months ago where we, I think it was, uh, it was a, the end of the spring sort of type of uh, promo where if anybody was to mention our Facebook page uh, when they contacted us for the first time through Facebook and Facebook only, that we would give them a 20% discount on their first three months of service with us. Um, and I mean, that alone, you know, brought in, you know, more than enough people uh, and inquiries. And, and if they didn't, if they didn't actually come to the point of spending any money with us or signing up for anything, we then obviously have another prospective client for the future to work with. So that there's, you know, there was quite a few things we did, but that was the one thing that really brought in the big, the, the big amount of that dough. Nice. So, okay, so there, there's obviously that benefit. Um, the other thing that I know is that, that brick-and-mortar businesses, sometimes they just need somebody, some extra help answering the phones. Is this something that you have to have somebody in your office? I mean, and I'm kind of setting up a, a, a soft pitch to you here. but uh, Or can virtual <laughs> assistants basically help out with those kind of things as well? They can. I mean, I, I usually say that if you want anybody to do any major amount of phone work, then you probably either need a telemarketer if it's outbound calling or you need a customer service type of person if it's picking up the phone and taking orders or just taking messages and things like that as well. Uh, but, you know, it, it's, it's tough sometimes, particularly here in the Philippines, to look at potentially using home-based virtual assistants to do any kind of voice work. And the main reason behind that is because the Internet connections residentially here in the Philippines are not that great. Um, when they go down, they're usually down for two or three days, not just an hour or so. So, you know, there's generally not enough bandwidth to really hold a good quality uh, business conversation. 
uh, over Skype or another sort of VoIP setup. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's, it's a tough one. It's a tough call when it comes to home-based uh, VAs over here. But, I mean, generally speaking, to answer your question a little clearer, yeah, I mean, virtual assistants can certainly pick up the phone for you. Uh, and, you know, with, with technology being the way it is nowadays, there's a number of different ways to set that up, you know, with these virtual PBXs and, you know, all the rest of it, virtual numbers and everything out there. Now, you said there were three questions you like to start off with, three major points or three major questions. You said, you know, what do I not like to do? What am I not good at? So those are great places to get started. What is that third thing that you look at? The third one is what, I, what do I not want to do? Ah, which I guess, you know, is maybe a combination of the other two put together. But for instance, I personally don't want to sink the, sit there building links to my website all day long. I can do it, and I guess I'm okay doing it if I have to, but I don't want to do it. I think my time is way too more valuable than that. So, you know, and the other thing is that simple things like online research. You know, just, just doing online research alone can take hours sometimes, particularly if you're searching for one, you know, very specific topic. Um, so, I mean, I, I, get, I get my PA, uh, and I also have two VAs that work for me as well, which are not based in the facility. But, you know, I, I have those guys doing online research for me all the time. In fact, one of them even found out a little bit about Euclid for me for this interview. So, oh, no. You know, it's, it's, we dug up those missing FBI files. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still working on having one video taken down off of YouTube, so... Oh, good God. I'm not going to be, I'm not even going to ask what's on there. <laughs> <laughs> well, if anybody gets a chance before they, if you want to see Cliff completely humiliated, uh, go do a search for Cliff Ravenscraft and Miley Cyrus. That's all I'm saying. Get it, <laughs> get it before it's taken down. <laughs> all right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just being real. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, so doing some online uh, research and stuff like that, that's, that's good stuff. So, let me let's switch the switch gears just a little bit um, and tell you because we've already talked about a lot about here on this podcast about you know what a virtual assistant is, how to find a virtual assistant. But I am finding and just had a conversation with somebody this morning who says, you know, I am on the verge. I I'm you know I've got the money to put towards hiring a virtual assistant, so the money's there. And I am certainly overwhelmed with all I'm doing. I'm working way too many hours as it is. But I just don't see that I'm going to have the time to to actually hire that virtual assistant and then train them. That That's my biggest obstacle right now. I just, I just can't see any extra space in my schedule to train a virtual assistant. What would you say to somebody who who's struggling in that area? Well, it's a tough one. And it's one that I hear and have heard for, for quite some time now. Um, and really, there's no real direct answer to it. I'm, I'm not being vague for the, you know, for the sheer fun of it. But you know, the bottom line is just like any other employee that you were to hire, you would have to spend some kind of time with them for them to be able to learn how you like things done and presented to you and things like that. A perfect example of that is we had a virtual assistant client uh, this was a couple of years ago now, um, that uh, set a task for his VA to put together some online research on a company that he was looking to be doing some work with in the near future. And uh, he wanted the, the VA to do the research and then present it to him in a Word document with headings and subheadings and you know separate all the different topics and you know bios on the directors of the company and all this sort of type of stuff. So she put it all together. And when it went through to him, 
be totally freaked out. You say, you know, why is why is this text too big? This text is too small. Why are you using red? Uh, you know, as a color for headings. Why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing? That? And it was quite obvious that he hadn't given her any major training or even any major description as to the way he wanted things done. So she did what she thought would look nice in terms of the way that she was presenting it. And I guess that, honestly speaking, if you were just to be given that document to read through it, it would look nice. But it wasn't what he wanted. The type, you know, he wanted his typeface to be Arial size eleven, for example. And it was Times Roman 12. He wanted his headings to be in his corporate colors of, say, blue and green. But they ended up being in red and black. You know, these sort of types of things. So I guess, you know, the, the, training, the training subject is a big one. Um, and you will always, always have to do some type of training with your VA. But uh, if you genuinely do not have the time to train them, then you really have no other, you really have no other choice than to uh, either try and find a home-based virtual assistant that has a lot of experience, which when I say a lot, I mean it's several years, you know, three, four, five years. At that point, you would have thought they pretty know what they're doing across the board, except for maybe a little bit of, uh, you know, additional uh, info that you might need to give them or the way you like things done or whatever. Or your other option is to hire a company uh, that has supervisors and trainers and you know, people to help people out and train them up. And, and, you know, that's really the only other way to be able to, uh, you know, fundamentally have a virtual assistant working for you um, and not have to train them too extensively yourself. Right. The, the, I guess the feeling that I have is, is when you're, when you're in that position, you, you pretty much, the question is, is are you, I mean, obviously if you're so tied down in your schedule, that you don't have time to train a virtual assistant to do the tasks that you're doing all day long that are taking up so much of your time. And obviously, if you ask yourself the question, uh, you know, what do I not like? What do I not like to do? Um, going back to your your suggestion there, there's obviously got to be something in all those things that's taking up so much of your time that you don't have time to train to somebody train somebody to do those things. You've got to be doing some things that you don't like to do. And, sure. and not, yeah. only, not only that, but there, there's also got to be some of those things that you're not good at that actually. And, and this is something let me let me explain to folks. This is something that has happened to me. Um, there's something that I am not terribly good at, and that is just um, mindlessly just taking a printed out PayPal document of all the ten dollar transactions that have come in. And then manually entering each and every one of those into my QuickBooks. It's something I'm not good at. It takes me forever. Um, I don't like doing it. And so I put that off and I trained my virtual assistant how to do it. Now, the thing is, is it was taking me three hours out of my day once a week to do that. And now I think she probably handles that in about 45 minutes to an hour. And she's better at it, and and maybe I haven't asked her. I probably should, but she, I think she likes doing it more than I do. I don't know. But the idea here is, in my mind, my advice to somebody who's like saying, "I just don't have time to train a virtual SA, VA uh, or a virtual assistant." M- my advice is that do you have tr- time not to? Because it wasn't until yeah. I hired a virtual assistant that I was actually able to start moving onto some of the, in my mind higher priority tasks and less urgent tasks i was i was just i I mean that's 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 half the battle right there is is getting to the point where you say to yourself no more i just can't 
continue with this any longer. I need to get help. And I'm going to have to denote X amount of time every day to be able to train this person up so that I can start alleviating that additional stress and start really working on, on, you know, building my business instead of just running it. You know, that's half the battle. My favorite story about my own virtual assistant journey is that I didn't have time to find a virtual assistant. So I actually put virtual assistants at work to actually find me a virtual assistant. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, you know what? I mean, I've, I've, I, I literally, I did an interview a little earlier on today with somebody else who was interviewing me. And um, he asked me, what's your, what's your strangest virtual assistant uh, story? And uh, I said, well, I don't know whether, whether it be strange, but it's still definitely quite entertaining. And to put it in a nutshell for your listeners, we had an Australian client contact us about a year or so ago, uh, maybe a little bit further than that. But his, um, basically, his, uh, his wife was pregnant. She was three to four months pregnant. He was out of the office all the time or out at the office all the time or traveling all the time. And so um, he contacted us and said, I want a virtual assistant, not necessarily really do any major work, but I need them to be there for my wife if and when she needs any help or if she needs anything done uh, online and things like that. And I said, well, okay, but I mean, how many hours a day? No, Chris, you don't understand. I want you to have a midwife be my virtual assistant because here in the Philippines, nursing is huge and there are tons and tons and tons and tons of everything from nurse, nursing students right the way down to doctors and nurses and midwives and everything, either A, not happy in the jobs and wanting to make money, or B, just plain unemployed. So we went out. It wasn't easy, but uh, we eventually found uh, somebody with about six or seven years' worth of experience and um, convinced her to join our team for six months for the term. And uh, there she was. She, she did everything from uh, you know, find online information about baby products uh, in Australia, right the way down to literally staying with her, talking through things with her on webcam on a day-to-day basis, right the way up to about four or five hours before she went into labor. So that's a, that's a, that's a true story and it's quite an amusing one. But it just shows you what a virtual assistant can do for you. That is, that is probably the most unique usage of having a virtual assistant I think I've ever heard of. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking for the next one I know there'll be another one around they don't come around very often like that but I know there'll be another one sooner or later <laughs> for sure one of the things that you and I were talking about Chris prior to recording our conversation today was this misconception among a lot of people out there who go to hire a virtual assistant they think that you know this is great I'm going to hire a virtual assistant and every single trouble everything that I don't like to do I'm going to be able to just completely delegate every single bit of that to this one person that I hire. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure, yeah. I mean, you're you're absolutely uh you're absolutely 100% right. I mean, the, the the bottom line is that, you know, one person can't do everything. And so, um, you know, I I put the modern day virtual assistant as it is today into four different categories. The first one is a general virtual assistant, and this person will do things like handling your emails, maybe doing some transcription work, uh, online research, a bit of data entry into online CRMs. Uh, They'll manage your Twitter account for you, do some flight bookings, that sort of stuff. The second one is article and content writers. And those people will do exactly what that heading denotes to. And that is things like writing uh, content and articles for everything from blogs 
to uh, directory submissions, uh, article submission sites, uh, maybe press releases and things like that. Um, it's also a good idea if you're going to be doing a lot of audio or video transcription work, it's a good idea to actually have an article or content writer as your VA rather than a general VA that can do that sort of stuff every now and then because you find their typing speed is a lot faster, you get a lot more money's worth. Um, the other, the, the, the third type of person is someone that could be classed as an online marketer slash SEO specialist and they'll do everything from you know the keyword research right the way down to you know, uh, online branding, uh, off-page optimization, things like link building and, and things like that. And then the last one is web development and, and programming. You know, these, these people will do everything from, you know, maintain blogs and websites uh, right the way up to, um, you know, designing maybe a few layout concepts and things like that as well. But you can't expect one person to do all of that work, you see. So, you know, generally speaking, I think that the modern-day entrepreneur nowadays might start out with a general VA or maybe uh, an SEO type of online marketing VA. But if they want to continue to grow their businesses online particularly, the chances are that that virtual assistant within the space of a year or so, if they know what they're doing and they're doing well with their business, a virtual assistant will probably turn into a virtual team. And that will mean that you'll have at least four people covering those four major aspects of virtual work. And now all of a sudden I hear a collective gasp of all these entrepreneurs who are, who are f afraid to, <laughs> how do I train one person to thinking about training an entire team? And, and I guess it's, it's, you know, the whole thing is how do you eat an elephant? It's, it's one bite at a time, right? That's it, exactly. And I mean, you know, as someone that's been involved in the outsourcing industry for as long as I have, um, you know, I've, I've seen these things develop, particularly over the last few years. You know, Tim Ferriss wrote, wrote you know the four-hour work week and out of nowhere everyone was like wow i've got to check out this outsourcing thing but what a lot of people don't understand is that outsourcing has been around for years and years and years and it hasn't in terms of the concept behind it it hasn't really changed a whole lot the fu fundamentally you pay someone else to do the work for you that isn't you know directly involved in your day-to-day -day business uh, in terms of sitting, you know, under the same roof as you. And that's really what it is. Or you pay someone to do something that you can't do yourself. So, you know, when, when Tim wrote that book, which was obviously a great book and, uh, you know, made him a lot of money and, and a lot of uh, notoriety. But, you know, if you break it down, it, it doesn't, it generally doesn't have to be as complicated as a lot of people think that it is. But that training aspect and that building aspect of working with virtual staff particularly if you're wanting to grow your business, um, it'll always rear its ugly little head. And the fact of the matter is, is that if you want your virtual staff to work well, you will always have to do some kind of training with them. But I believe in the future it'll become easier and easier and there'll be a lot more, uh, you know, a lot more services out there that you'll be able to sort of you know, utilize to be able to get that done a lot quicker and with less headaches. Excellent. Well, Chris, I really appreciate the fact that you've taken the time to uh, join me here on the Virtual Assistant Podcast. Um, if people want to find out about you, I think you do a blog on a regular basis, uh, giving people additional insights into the virtual assistant industry. Uh, where can people find you? And, uh, and uh, also, are you on Twitter as well? I sure am. I'm on Twitter. The, uh, the Twitter profile ID is Chris C. Ducker. That's my middle initial, C for Charlie. Um, and uh, you can check out the blog at virtualbusinesslifestyle.com 
And uh, you can even check out our virtual matchmaking uh, staff uh, website as well, which is virtualstaffinder.com too. Excellent. Chris, thank you very much. Thank you, Cliff. I've enjoyed it. Well, everybody, that's going to do it for another episode of the Virtual Assistant Podcast. Thank you again, Chris Ducker, for coming on. Check his site out over there at virtualbusinesslifestyle.com. And of course, we also want to check have you check out uh, contemporaryva.com. Of course, they are the wonderful people that sponsor this podcast and make it happen week after week. And they're also the firm that I use for my own personal virtual assistant. And of course, I want to invite you to head over to virtualassistantpodcast.com. Please leave us a comment on our show notes. Also, feel free to give us a call on our voicemail feedback hotline at 859-795-4067. Again, that's 859-795-4067. Ask your questions. We'll get it answered in a future show. Thank you very much. Until next time, everybody, I encourage you to join the community. Thank you.